I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves or their life outside of their sports. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam. Excited for another episode and want to just dive right in to the world of NFTs and cryptocurrency and the intersection with sports. If you've been watching the news or reading any current trends in sports, one of the things that you have most likely read about or heard about is the increased interest in the amount of money flowing into NFTs. Now, you might be saying, what is an NFT? So let's let's start by breaking down an NFT and then trying to make it a little bit more real. And then we can talk about the impact that that's having in the sports world today. So usually when you have something that's an acronym and like NFT, you think, okay, if I'll understand it, if I could understand just what each word stands for, which each letter stands for. In this case, maybe not. In this case, NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens. So that doesn't really help us out too much. If you have no clue what uh, an NFT is, this definition isn't going to help us. But broadly speaking, and, and I'll say very, actually very technically speaking, NFTs are cryptographic assets that are on blockchain that have unique identification codes and metadata that distinguish them from each other. Right. So now you're like, all right, Luke, you just gave me the uh, definition of what NFTs are. And I literally still have no idea. So if you could imagine an NFT really is like a one of a kind representation of something digital or physical. And it's like a digital trading card. Right. You're like, Luke, why didn't you just start with that at the very beginning? I know. I'm sorry. I had to you know, sound a little smart for a little bit. But an NFT is like, if you could imagine, you know, baseball cards and basketball cards that have been around for just decades and decades, if you could imagine a digital version that then had its own embedded serial number based on kind of the blockchain and backed by crypto, that's really what an NFT is, right? So it's it's basically like taking online or digital collectibles, trading cards, and bringing them into the 21st century. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about. And if you were to Google NFTs, you'd find out so much information, right? So I want to break down one thing, which is fungible versus non-fungible. So in the definition, it's called, or in the the name NFT, it's non-fungible tokens, right? So fungible is something that can just be, you know, replaced by an identical item or it's interchangeable, right? So if I, a, a physical version of a fungible item would be like a dollar bill. If I gave you a dollar, you could give me back a dollar or you could give me back four quarters, right? It's immediately kind of mutually interchangeable. And the same goes on the digital side, right? Of fungible with cryptocurrency. So if I give you a Bitcoin, you could give me a Bitcoin back or you could give me like the equivalent value of a Bitcoin in Ethereum, right? Which is another cryptocurrency. So that's the fungible side. The non-fungible would be from a physical perspective, things like artwork, uh, like the Mona Lisa or a particular car or house, right? Those are all not mutually interchangeable, right? And so in the digital version, that's where NFTs come in of non-fungible, that they are a unique one-of-a-kind digital token or digital representation of something that has its own serial number, if you will, 
um, and its own kind of data stored within to make it unique to its owner. So if you've heard about NFTs, you've probably heard about just the incredible amount of value that these digital tokens have amassed over the, the past year, really the past six months here in 2021. So one of the most famous is this NFT, a digital representation called Every Days, the first 5,000 days that was actually sold at auction at Christie's Auction House in March for $69.3 million. And really all it is is a representation of somebody that had pictures of 5,000 different days and put it all together and ultimately made an NFT and sold it for nearly $70 million. Another famous NFT is the first tweet by Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. He turned that into an NFT. Um, it was his first tweet that just said something like setting up my Twitter, or just setting up my Twitter. And he sold that the NFT of that tweet for $2.9 million. So to help make that piece clear, you know, that's a tweet. So you're thinking to yourself, well, I could go onto Twitter and I could scroll up and find the first tweet that Jack Dorsey ever sent um, back in 2006 and I could screenshot it. And then I have the exact same thing that the person that paid $2.9 million has, right? It's just literally the same tweet. Well, not exactly. Because like I said before, because it was made into an NFT, there's inherent data, right? There it is backed where it has a serial number and it is authenticated that it is the first one and the only one that is the actual NFT of that tweet. So when you think about that, it's like imagine having a, um, a Michael Jordan basketball card, right, from his rookie year. So if you have that card, there's value in that card potentially, right, or obviously. But there's so much more value once it's signed or autographed by Michael Jordan. And so by having this NFT that actually has all the data within it that has its own unique serial number, that it's the, the only one that was turned into an NFT as his first tweet, then there's obviously value then that, that comes into that. So I, we may be a little bit more still cloudy in this NFT space. So let's, let's break it down a little bit more. And I'm going to bring it into the sports world because I think this is where we're going to see a lot more action, if you will, in the NFT space. So just recently, we've seen a couple athletes launch uh, their own NFTs. First, you know, I want to talk a little bit about at the college level, there were a couple college student athletes who were transitioning into the pros who launched an NFT. And one was Luca Garza played at the University of Iowa. And so he had an auction. He auctioned off his NFT, which really looked like a trading card, but there was a lot of graphics and movement within it. And in addition to the NFT itself, he also had additional perks that the winner of that auction would get a game of horse with him, dinner and a movie with him. They would get you know his game-worn sneakers when he got the all-time scoring title at Iowa. They would get a private meditation session with him and then a lifetime VIP pass to any of his basketball camps that he hosts in life. And that went for, basically that NFT along with the perks went for a little over $41,000. And what's interesting is he's really into blockchain technology. He was, I believe, an economics major at Iowa and his dad is really into the tech world as well. And so he just thought it was a really unique opportunity to be able to start pushing his brand. And I think that's what we're going to see more and more of athletes wanting to push their brand and NFTs allowing them to engage with a new audience that 
maybe they weren't able to engage with before. You're definitely still gonna have your traditional sports fans that are gonna engage in NFTs, but you also have other folks who are just into the tech space um, and who are collectors in the tech space, who are speculators in the tech space that think if I can get you know something that's unique and one of one, if this person goes on to do something great, then there's value you know down the road in this. So that was Luca Garza and also Jalen Suggs. Interestingly, Jalen Suggs also had an NFT. If you don't remember, um, one of the greatest shots in March Madness history, Jalen hit a nearly half-court three-point shot to win their semifinal game in the Final Four and send them to the national championship. And so the NFT was positioned as kind of a his announcement that he was going pro and then also ensuring kind of the shot, right? Trying to, to capture the shot that he made. And so now this is where kind of the legal side of NFTs can be challenging, which is you can't put out an NFT with imagery that you don't necessarily own. And so because the actual video of the shot is owned by the NCAA and its media partners, the NFT that Jalen put out couldn't be an NFT of that actual shot. But what it was, was it's a representation, and you can Google it, it's a representation of him about to do his fist bump in celebration wearing a jersey, again, that looks like Gonzaga but doesn't say Gonzaga, and then has words graphically throughout his body, face, jersey, just talking about the shot, and just other kind of motivating words as well. And it, and it moves around, and so it's a really cool NFT showing just that moment in time. And so he also auctioned off the sneakers that he wore in that game along with to the winner of the uh, of the NFT auction. So it's interesting. I, I found a quote actually from the person, the anonymous owner of that NFT that said in an interview that, you know, he's a huge fan of college basketball. You know, it's one of the top games of all time in, in this person's opinion. Um, and it was a top five made March Madness shot ever. And he says that I'm a huge fan of Suggs and his pro potential. And so when you think about that, it's like, this was a one-of-one one NFT, which means it was the only one about the shot that's been issued by Jalen Suggs. And so the idea, at least kind of reading between the lines of that owner, is that, hey, you know, if Jalen goes on to have a, a great professional career, owning this representation of Jalen's celebration after, you know, one of the biggest shots in, in March Madness history um, will have inherent value in it down the road. We've also seen, those are a couple individuals, and we've seen Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, uh, Gronkowski as well, both have kind of gotten into the NFT space individually. But on a platform level, as it relates to a league, we've seen the NBA get involved with NBA Top Shot. And so they've partnered with Dapper Labs to offer NFTs of various top shots or top plays in basketball. And so it's a partnership, right, between the league, the players union, because the players earn off of this as well, the league, the players union, as well as Dapper Labs. And so you can Google NBA Top Shot and you can find a lot of information about the NFTs that the NBA is putting out there. So, and there are some others, right? So Major League Baseball tried in, in last year in 2020 um, with MLB champions. It didn't really go as they thought. So I think they're revamping and trying to look at what they could do with kind of a, a new platform. So Rare is one that deals with European soccer. Um, and I think it's also interesting to note that Tom Brady 
announced that he's launching Autograph, which is available. You can learn kind of some more information at autograph.io, where he is trying to create the ultimate NFT experience. And it's interesting that if you look at his board of advisors that are listed there on the website, it talks about you've got like CEO from Lionsgate, from DraftKings, like some of the founders of DraftKings. You've got so many different folks in the kind of entertainment space, owners of professional sports teams. So with all of that, you just have to believe that he is going kind of all in on creating a comprehensive platform for NFTs in sports. And it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Now, if you've listened to my podcast regularly or just even checked in, you know, sporadically, you'll know that pretty frequently I've been doing episodes on name, image, and likeness and the impact of name, image, and likeness to college sports. And I think NFTs are an interesting area to consider when thinking about name, image, and likeness. Because we know that NFTs are going to create an opportunity for student athletes to promote their brand to new markets, right? So we know that they're going to have the opportunity to get in front of people who maybe don't follow their sport or who maybe aren't even into sports, but yet they're into collecting unique NFTs or NFTs that could appreciate in value over time. Now, we also know that when it comes to name, image, and likeness, what will be interesting is that both non-revenue producing sports and unique sports kind of achievements will create a market for selling NFTs. So if you think about, we know that basketball and football are the primary revenue producing sports in most schools. But with that, I think what we'll see is if you could imagine, you know, thinking about SportsCenter Top 10. And when you watch SportsCenter Top 10, you know, you typically will see, depending on the season or time of year, it'll be the primary sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey that will be represented in, you know, Sports Center top 10. But there are also times where something big happens in, you know, women's lacrosse or men's diving or some other sport where it's just a unique achievement like wow, they just did something absolutely amazing. And so with that, I think that um, there's a likelihood that you would see NFTs be created for those unique achievements in sports. You know, you could imagine if you if you follow social media and college sports, you've most likely followed or at least seen UCLA's uh, women's gymnastics team. And you could imagine NFTs very easily being put together around what they're able to do. The challenge with that, though, is that for the student athlete, they will not be able to be using the school's logos or protected marks in doing that. So they're going to think about and they're going to find ways to kind of navigate using their name, image, and likeness in an NFT while avoiding using the school's or the media's licensed marks. So in that instance, you know, using the UCLA women's gymnastics team, you could imagine seeing a student athlete not in competition or having an NFT based on competition but potentially, you know, if they're doing some training not on the, at the school's facility and having somebody videotape them doing some unique move or something along those lines where they own the footage, they're not wearing a particular brand of, of the school, maybe potentially they're partnering with a brand that they're doing a, a name, image, and likeness opportunity with and maybe wearing that company's brand while they do the NFT. So you could see how this could just 
continue to increase in terms of what this looks like for student athletes. And, and I'll say this kind of in closing, you know, the NFT world is really just getting started. If you look at any kind of financials of the last three or four years, I mean, NFTs have really exploded in uh, late 2020 and now early 2021. And there's really nothing that says that this is going to stop, at least anytime soon. I mean, when you think about it, trading cards, baseball cards, like the physical cards, you know, they've been around for, I mean, I think in baseball, I, I don't, you'd have to fact check me on this, but I think like 100 years. And so the idea of NFTs now using this digital world that we have using cryptocurrency that really can lock in ownership and an actual ledger of ownership for these digital marks, these digital tokens, I don't see it going anywhere. What, what may happen is that this kind of this massive valuation that we're putting on or that some buyers are putting on NFTs, that may cool off. I mean, it may not be these astronomical numbers that we're seeing in certain NFTs, but those are really kind of the, the outliers, right? There are so many NFTs, even within NBA's Top Shot, where you could go on and you could buy an NFT for $5, $7, $10 on their secondary marketplace. But I do think that while the industry is just getting started, student athletes don't fully understand the, the, the marketplace, but they're going to want to engage. So as I talk about always protecting possibilities, that's going to be something where student athletes are going to have to be prepared to manage getting involved, potentially getting involved in NFTs because there are some significant legal issues that arise when it comes to NFTs from securities laws to copyright laws, just standard corporate and contract law issues. And there are also some significant financial challenges as well because you know it's backed on crypto, which is incredibly, incredibly volatile. You've got potential taxes, you know, issues around taxes, financial aid implications based on earnings and, and others you know, due diligence around the, the types of advisors who want to get you involved in NFTs. So again, there is so much more. This episode was meant to just be a primer and just really kind of get you familiarized with just what NFTs are and how they're playing a role in sports. I think we're going to continue to see NFTs rise and become much more understood and more common as we go forward. I think we'll see the NFL most likely will come to agreement to have an NFT partner to provide NFTs. I think you know there's been discussion at the NHL level as well. So it's just a matter of time for these primary leagues to get involved very similarly to how the NBA did. But I, I think in certain respects, there may be some, some pause as the NBA kind of went right in with Dapper Labs to offer NBA Top Shot. There are now questions as to whether or not they're actually offering a security, which then takes you down the path of securities laws and disclosures and a lot of other requirements beyond just selling a, a collectible item. So a lot more to be seen. I know we will talk much, much more about this, but hopefully this gave you a good understanding of NFTs and, and what they are, some of the challenges that are presented. And I look forward to having more conversations on this topic in the future. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this podcast and thank you for providing your comments and your questions to me. Please continue to reach out, continue to share this podcast with others. I really appreciate you for listening and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a great day. 
Porter Wright, Morrison Arthur, LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.